1: Well, 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 it is that time where we do an episode called My Millennial Story, where we gather around the My Millennial Table of Life and we talk about you. We talk about your money. We share your story. You're the listeners of these shows. You're in the Facebook group. And today I'm joined by Lindsay. Lindsay Whitehead, get a welcome to the podcast, you Facebook pest. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks very much. Now, you would have seen Lindsay's name in the Facebook group. I love the stuff that he puts up. So, we're going to get down and dirty with Lindsay, hear about him. But before we do, we can't do this episode without our show partner, Global X. Look, not going to lie, Global X, they're a big part of our show. Without them, we can't do what we do on a Thursday. And fun fact, and I'm going off script here, but whatever. A couple of weeks ago, I was the MC at a Global X 20th anniversary of their... G-O-L-D, their gold ETF, which was the first ETF in the world that was physically backed by gold. I don't know where they store their gold. But anyway, all that to say, when I was MC, I talked about the financial ecosystem, and I thanked GlobalX for getting behind what we're doing at My Millennial Money from just a personal side, because with an ecosystem, each part needs to flourish, and it helps the other parts, and it all works together. So, in this money ecosystem, Global X provide good quality ETFs, and full disclosure, I hold three Global X ETFs. So I just want to personally thank Global X for getting behind my millennial money. But now I'll get back onto script. Investors have more choice than ever before. In fact, last year more than forty-three new ETFs were launched. To help understand the expanding market, Global X have created a report which can be used to compare all the ETFs currently available in Australia. So before you do anything download your copy today, globalxetfs.com.au forward slash MMM. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. It's a great report and there's no cost to download that. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry I'm taking a little bit of time today, but I just want to thank uh, the brands that work with us because it employs eight of us now at the My Millennial Money team. And also it helps thousands and thousands and thousands of you all around Australia. So thank you, Global X, and thank you for listening. Rightio, Lindsay, enough of me rambling. Are you ready to have a chat today? I am, let's do it. All right, let's get it on. My name's Glenn James and this is My Millennial Money. So, Lindsay, I selected you to do My Millennial Story. You asked me, what the hell am I doing here? Who are you? And all that stuff. And I'm like, well, you're always in the Facebook group. Heaps of people in the Facebook group would know your name. So I thought, let's get a live one into the boat and have a chat. So who are you? What do you do? What's your age? What's your tax file number? Tell
3: us everything. Oh, I'm uh, Lindsay, 36 years old. I'm living in the Blue Mountains. Currently have a wife and baby boy, brother and two sisters. Yeah, I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Yours is one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. And my apologies. How old's uh, Bub? Uh, I'll be two in September. Yeah. Awesome. Fun age, starting to get that personality, right? Sure
3: is very much there. So what do you do for work? Uh, So I'm currently working in metal fabrication, basically anything with metal, building frames, folding metal, rolling metal, moving metal, lifting metal, all the fun (laughs) stuff. So (laughs) what
1: type of like jobs are you working on? Just to give people an idea, like what are some of the things you've done this week?
3: Um, I've folded a lot of brackets lately. Um, Right. That's the basic boring stuff of it, but we build Mm. frames for the facades of buildings, sort of the skeleton behind all the fancy stuff you see um, on the artistic stuff on the front of buildings.
1: Yeah, nice. Do you ever get out to site or are you just always in the workshop?
3: No, I'm always in the workshop. Yeah, cool. Have you always done metal fabrication? No. No, I've had a few sort of career kind of changes. I did actually start working in a metal factory when I was 13, making fly screens um, just in the summer holidays and stuff like that. But then I went into retail ended up going through the management part of that as well and then gave that up and became a mechanic. Um, did that for 11 years. and Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's only been the past like four or so years that I sort of switched to the metal side of things and the laboring. Do you like what you're doing now? Oh, it has its advantages. It sort mm. of suits me current life at the moment with my son and like I'm a bit of a stay-at-home dad these days. Yeah, awesome. I'm working three days a week and they're very flexible with me on that side of things, which is absolutely awesome. Mm. Um, the job itself, yeah, it is a bit boring. No doubts about that. Mm. But it allows me to basically listen to podcasts all day, listen to stuff I'm actually interested in and maybe even looking at getting into one day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: So, you know, it is a money podcast. You love listening to podcasts. You listen to My Millennial Money. Like what piqued your interest in personal finance?
3: Um, It was probably just about getting myself sorted. I sort of had a moment where it sort of hit me when we built this house and rather than selling my unit, I kept it. And then I realized I didn't have to keep working Saturdays and extra hours overtime to sort of get the same amount of money. Mm. Um, it just freed up a bit of time and that sort of just put me down this rabbit hole that I can probably do more of this and got to figure out a way to do it. Nothing really, really clicked on me until I turned 30, to be honest. Um. Yeah, right. So did you have the, that
1: first unit? What age were you when you purchased that? I got that when I was 18. Yeah, well, you, you had it pretty good, like together, to, to buy a unit when you were
3: 18, right? I don't know many 18 year olds that were going around oh, buying units. It was actually from a bet um, for, with a mate from school. I right. don't know how it came about. It was a $100 bet that I would own my own place before I turned 19. It just came about. And yeah, I ended up being able to do that. I applied through some banks, um, they just knocked me back basically. <laughs> I was having been working for not that long and then I ended up seeing like a mortgage broker and yeah, I was somehow able to secure it. So
1: 18-year-old got the sniff of $100, thought oh, <laughs> I'll go into 150 grand worth of debt. I don't know how much a house would have cost at the time. No, you bang on. It was 145 yeah oh, <laughs> <giddy up. laughs> It's like I've done this before. Um, yeah you know, you like the sniff of $100. Um, are you a natural saver, do you think, given that you can see that goal, so yeah, would have had to save some type of deposit, you know, 15 grand or maybe bloody first homeowner's grand at the time, you might have had to only save the $100 to get the property, but
3: what's your natural proclivity to saving? Uh, no, I was definitely a spender. Um, Ooh, I like I, when you talk I, dirty to me. I spent... <laughs> Pretty much everything week to week, it was mostly on food, to be honest. But mm. once those mortgage repayments started coming in and the bills, like, and there was like your strata, your rates, your water, electricity, all those things just, it, those first few months were just blissful <laughs> until mm-hmm. they, they came in. But in regards to the deposit thing, I, I had no idea, but there was a bunch of places offering those no deposit home loans back then. Yeah, like the low this doc was, ones. This was 2005, Mm, the Wild West days. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize how good and easy it was to be able to do that. Didn't as it was just the way things were, I guess. Mm. Um, And they let me have her loan, which is it's wild, nice. (laughs) Got me in, and um, I bought a two-bedroom unit out in in Penrith. Would Um, have done all right, wouldn't it? Oh, I think so, but. I was umming and ahhing about buying a house down in by the beach in Calbarra where I lived for a while. But those houses are now over a million dollars and yeah, my unit's not worth that. Mm. But that was just, I was 18. I've been, I was living in sort of a rural area where it was 20 kilometers to the next train station. And, you know, I moved to Penrith where it just had everything, (laughs) it was nightlife. Yeah, and, and food, bloody like everything. Panthers Club, giddy up, baby. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Ticked all the boxes that I needed. What area did you grow up in? Um, I grew up in a lot of places, actually. Um, I think I went to about seven or eight different primary schools. Oh, wow. But the main place we did settle down was Blacktown, actually. So why did you move around so much in primary school? Was it parents' work that was no. driving that? We were in housing commission right? Um, and we always just seemed to have to move like every eight months or so. Mm. I don't really know why, but we just always were. Mm. Just one little house to another. Yeah. How disruptive do you think that was
1: on your childhood and education growing up? Like, Was it just like I'm um, a kid and I'm resilient
3: and bounce along or was it the other end of the yeah, scale? There were, you do miss some friends, I guess, that you made, but we settled down and from year seven to 12, I was at the one school
0: mm.
3: and that sort of helped. I'm still talking with all those mates today. Yeah, awesome.
1: And so growing up in housing commission, did that shape the way that you saw money and the world? Like you said you were a spender. Sometimes, you know, it either goes one way, like we grow up with lack and we become really tight and frugal and don't want to let anything go. But you were pretty chill with um letting the old
3: money fly each week. Yeah, well, <laughs> my parents split up when we were pretty young mm. and mum and her new partner, they got, you know, because of drugs and alcohol and, and domestic violence followed that. Mm. And it that was all part of the housing commission vibe, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and we did go without a lot. It was like you noticed that when, like looking back, <laughs> the extension leads over to the neighbor's fence um, to keep your electricity going and like the fridge going, you know, um, your birthday money and your Christmas cards from relatives that just gets taken off you. Um, Just (laughs) not having food to go to school every day, all those little things that you sort of take for granted, Mm. like just as an everyday thing as an adult now that I think, yeah, it was a lot tougher than it should have been. Totally. But, I mean, Dave was still supportive. Like we found out that he was, you know, oh, he was given about eight hundred bucks a month in child support from my brother and I. Um, mm. but yeah, we weren't really seeing anything of it. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, tough times. Yeah.
1: Now, like as a, a you you know, you're a young father now and you've got your own family. When you had your boy, were you just like, I can't let this happen to
3: this child? Yeah, that's it. Um, I always make sure to have roof over my head and food on the table. Mm. It's probably the first two things that I can provide. But I started work when I was 13 and that changed things. I pretty much ate away my first few Paycheck, so to speak just because i was had money it was a couple hundred bucks a week working out of the school holidays and stuff but then i started doing it after school but then 14 15 years old i was starting to contribute to groceries um and that didn't change for another 15 years really gosh and we had two little sisters come along as well Mm. in that time and one point, I had my brother, two sisters, wife, cat, and a dog in that two-bedroom unit. Oh, good um, times, fun. Yeah, well, all the family was there, but it was tight. Fifty-litre water heater kept things interesting every morning.
1: Are you still close with your family?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I sort of moved away from a little bit being up in the mountains, but we're only forty minutes away. But I'm always calling
1: cool them. Yeah. So, do your mates ever all? Or- you know, anyone in your life make comments about, you know, the real house husbands of the Blue Mountains or anything like that? How's that social pressure been now that you're a part-time stay-at-home dad? Um, I, I
3: think it's pretty normal. Um, yeah, also. there's There was another guy I worked with at the same place and and I'm working now and he was a stay-at-home dad. Um, well, he was until he, his kids went to got into public school and he was able to work those mm. hours that were there at school, but he had to drop him off and pick him up in the afternoon. Mm. Um, and I thought, that's exactly what I want to do because he was working like 25 hours a week or something like that. I'm doing about the same now, actually. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's good. Like I, I've got friends that I know and, you know, they're umming and ahhing with what they do. And I'm like, why don't you just be a full-time dad. I don't know. There just was some weird, I think, social thing hanging over them that they didn't
3: want to do that or I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I've I've never really been to worry about what the others think, so to speak, but yeah, um, it's absolutely awesome. I love spending as much time as I can with him. How do you and your wife manage the household money? So I still work three days a week, but my mm. wife still went back to work full-time after six months yeah that was sort of a bit of a tough choice because she earns the money so to speak and she's been the breadwinner and we could have made some financial decisions like selling off the unit or selling the house even and going to something small more affordable to make things work better to have a more balance with the work lifestyle thing but i do think she does enjoy working um, hmm. she is being a Bit of a career woman and yeah she's always overachieved with going to uni and she's just always been a hard worker but she's also been a great mother to and she's also been talking about doing another uni course on top of she works like six seven days a week there's always someone emailing her calling her wow but she is in the senior management side of things and Yeah, it sounds like a go-getter. Yeah. it's And she's got to put up with you. God. That's that's right. I'm I'm a bit more completely the opposite, more relaxed. Yeah. I'll have dinner ready and all that sort of thing. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, like, how do you, like, do you have one bank account where both of your salaries go in there or do you run your own separate money? How's that work?
3: Uh, No, so we're still separate, really. Um, The mortgage for the house is a shared account. And the unit, well, it takes care of itself. So Mm. I never really had to add anything extra into that to worry about that. So the rent covers everything on that side of things. I was paying a bit into the house loan, so to speak, but this past year I've been absolutely smashed with like my extra income. Mm. Um, Everything's with the interest rate rises. Like it's, I've had to, you know, not pay the extra hundred bucks a week onto the loan. Mm. Yeah, and everything's just been cut back on that side of things. Life is a bit tougher now.
0: Mm.
1: It is tight at the moment. So like between you and your wife and financial priorities, like how do you weigh up the needs versus wants? It
3: comes back to keep a roof over your head and food on the table. Uh, Everything else you can really do without. Mm. That's sort of something that I've been able to grow up with And I've still got that mindset, I guess, that I can do without. But it is boring and you do miss it. Like I remember just the Thursdays, Fridays that I'd have off looking after Harvey. I'd push him in the pram. I'd just walk up to a cafe, have some eggs, Benedict in the morning. It was just those little things are quite comfortable and enjoyable. Mm. But that's all gone now. And you just got to go back into a more frugal kind of mode, I guess.
1: Yeah we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and have a chat about maybe investing and future finances with Lindsay. We'll be back right after this. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Radio, we're back. Do you invest in shares? Do you have a share account? Do you scratch a bit of an investing itch other than the investment property? Yes.
3: Um, I started up that little micro investing thing raise. Yep. And there, well, there was a week that I just, I, I cut back when things just got too hard. And I, I there was a message I only just heard like last year with you for very recently anyway, and that was pay yourself first. Mm. That reminded me that I should just keep going with it. The bills will still keep coming in, but if I can just keep paying myself first, and I started off with a couple of hundred bucks in the bank account to get it going, and then mm. I think I'm up near the two mark now, and two thousand or yeah, two hundred thousand, two thousand, <laughs> definitely two thousand, um, and. You know, I'm earning less than I probably ever have before, like back to Mm. when I was 18 with working the three days. But just, you know, following some basic principles and paying yourself first, you're able to put something away and still pay the bills. Mm. But you do make sacrifices in other areas.
1: So are you saying basically, for example, you're not going to go and have the eggs benny at the moment, but that's been a sacrifice that I would rather invest in my future by still paying myself first? Than taking that eggs Benny.
3: Yeah, definitely. I um, think mm. yeah, it's pretty easy to always, always added the extra bacon, salmon, and mushrooms onto the eggs Benny. And you're walking away was, with a $25 meal. Easily. And then you had a coffee. and then, yeah. um, But those things you just, you got to give up to keep going with the other finance mm. goals, I guess. So, what are you investing in? In the Is it just the raise account? Yeah, I was looking at like into the ETFs. Yeah. Um, until things changed, and with the interest rates, that made things a bit harder. Mm. Um, I was looking at borrowing a bit more money to build a granny flat, but there was a whole bunch of laws that I had to get around here because I'm in the Blue Mountains, and there is the bushfire rating. Um, yeah. that made things more complicated. And then there was the idea of portable buildings. And yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, talk to us about that. Like, How big is your property? Is it like 800 square or something like that?
3: I've got 1,232. I think yeah, right. And how much of it do you think's usable? usable? Uh, all of it. Yeah. yeah. When we built the house, so it is a sloping block mm-hmm. and I built on the most unusable part of it because- On purpose? Yeah. Um, we were looking at building quotes and whatnot with but we were able to save 150 grand just on the foundation by putting it up on stilts basically yeah,
0: right. instead of
3: concrete foundations.
0: Mm.
3: We went with a prefab builder as well instead of some of the other builders and you know, they got the house built in four weeks. And oh, wow. Shipped it in. Done. Yeah. Came in four trucks and they had it together in six hours. When was this? How many years ago? 2016. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'd do it all over again. It was very good. Like they just built it in a big factory and all the trades go there. They're not affected by weather. Mm. There's no delays on that side of things. Costs were considerably cheaper. Easily a couple of hundred grand saving going that way we did. How big's the um, the house? Is it three better, did you say? Uh, four better. Oh, wow. We got turned one of the rooms into an office. One's a yeah. nursery and one's a spare bedroom. One's our bedroom. It was like, oh, we've already run out of space. Yeah. But we did look at the five better stuff, but four better is plenty, I think. Mm. So, with the granny flat, was that in your mind,
1: you know, f- throw, you know, borrow 70, 100 grand, 120 grand, do the granny flat, rent it out, a little bit of extra income, maybe increase in property value, happy days, rinse and repeat type thing?
3: Yeah, that was essentially it. Um, it was about five years, well, no, six, seven years ago now, when I was 30. Mm. Um, these ideas sort of come to mind and and I realized there were some laws that made me but i can 't do that mm. um, but I, I figured out a way to get around it, and I convinced everyone, but yeah, the missus unfortunately wasn't involved with it It was basically us moving into the granny flat and renting out the house they got right. around some things, but yeah she's not involved with that idea cause yeah. it's a much smaller house so with the granny
1: flat was the council like no it's not happening or the rating of um, the fire rating and the water tank and all that stuff was just going to be cost
3: prohibitive. Yeah, so where I was going to be putting the granny flat would have been close to the bush and that in itself wouldn't allow us to get it done to begin with. But you can put the those portable ones on there because right. they get treated as caravans. Right. But caravans get their own set of rules. They basically have like a family member in there instead of, Um, someone else, like a stranger. But it it sort of dashed all my investing sort of Mm. hopes on that side of things, unfortunately. So do you think longer term you'll stay in the mountains? I'm actually hoping I get to the beach one day. Um, Mm. It just seems to be getting pushed further and further away. But we'll see how that goes, I think.
1: I won't give up on it. No, and what's your relationship like with debt other than the mortgages?
3: Um, So the only debt I've got now is was to satisfy my little inner doomsday prepper. Um, I got the Tesla battery put on the house. The final, I always wanted it, but the final push was, I don't know if you remember when Texas in America, the whole state basically lost power for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a final push for me to get it it done. And at the same time, the New South Wales government had a program on where um, it's interest-free and fee-free. So... Mm. I'm only paying back what I borrowed and I could do that for 10 years. And it's not good to have coming out every month, but it's also not costing me any extra than I was originally signed up for. Yeah. So did you already have
1: panels on or did they they do the panels and battery?
3: No, I already had the solar on. Yeah, cool. That's probably the greatest investment thing I've ever made actually, Mm -hmm. ever done. Just paid itself off in 18 months and was giving me $600 credits. So but those credits, so they they've reduced a bit nowadays, haven't they? Yeah,
1: my last one was only 80 bucks in credit. <laughs> so it's um yeah, it's is a that big after change. they is that after they garnish the loan or before they take the money out for the loan or is the loan separate?
3: No, that was separate. That was more just for the battery itself, but yeah, the battery side of things, it doesn't stack up financially still.
1: No, the the batteries, they were always more of a, a luxury, not a, a financial play. Definitely. Um, yeah, but also, like, whatever, you're in the Blue Mountains and, you know, it's semi-bush. I'd imagine you'd get the odd blackout anyway during summer.
3: Yeah, I think we've had um, about 15 or so since we've had it. Yeah. But the longest one was about six hours. Mm. Um other ones only really last for a few minutes, but yeah, it's kind of weird, kind of hoping for a blackout. <laughs> but you know, it's not right because there's other people that would just be affected pretty badly.
1: What, what what were those batteries worth 13 or 15 grand?
3: I got it installed for 13.8. Yeah, I thought they were around that. Yeah, when things were going crazy last year, like, yeah, they're getting installed for like 19 grand. It's pretty pricey. And do they wire that just to the light circuit and like an extra
1: one for the fridge only or is it the whole house is connected to it? Yeah, so
3: that's the reason I went with the Tesla battery because, yeah, a lot of the other battery types, they will only do backup circuits. Yes. You think you've got all this power backed up and whatnot, but also they might only have a two kilowatt inverter, so they might only power a kettle and some lights in the fridge. Yeah, because... yeah, the
1: battery in this house only does the light circuit and the fridge circuit. Right, yeah. I mean, the LEDs don't draw anything anyway, so the fridge can probably stay on for a few hours. Were you affected by any of the bushfires over the over the years? Did you have to
3: evacuate or anything like that? No, but I did get, you know, the fire pump ready and the hose and mm. we did have burning leaves fall on our house, um, or burnt leaves, I should say. Yeah. But the smoke was horrendous that we just sat in smoke for weeks. That was mm. that was the hard thing, just breathing, I think. Mm. all Your clothes, your bed, the smoke just gets into everywhere. Yeah. If this um, pen here was like a,
1: a magic wand and I was just like, ta-da, on your head, you know, if I could grant you one kind of financial goal, what would that be right now?
3: Right now, I was in two minds, but right now, it would just be to pay off the debt. The mortgage or the Tesla battery? Oh, all debt. Right. <laughs> that would yeah. be the magic one. Might as well take it all out. Yeah. yeah. I did have the goal of you know, trying to reinvest and refinance, get another property and whatnot, but had some health issues come up recently in the past few years and that's sort of put me into perspective and mm. I've
1: got to take care of things. Yeah. Do you think once your son goes into – Primary school in a few years you'll pick up a five day again or still happy to um float around like you're doing
3: now and and do all the dad stuff yeah I, I would love to be able to do the the dad stuff still and just chill out for two days extra a week, but mm. I definitely will have to go back to work in full time yeah um, but that will you know that will open up so many more things lifestyle wise comforts um mm not only just him going to school and me going back to work full time, but not paying daycare fees, that's a bit of a whammy. Well, that's probably more expensive than private school.
1: Yeah. I was talking because I'm doing these Focus Friday sessions and I was talking with a couple last week and kind of very similar to you, like kid in daycare and you know working and it's just like everything's so tight at the moment and it's just like you're in this holding pattern for a couple of years without – you know the big luxuries and all this stuff,
3: and yeah, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. When you think you're finally getting through, and then the missus talks about having another one, it's um it just absolutely throws you a curveball. But mm. like we've always wanted kids, it, it took us a long time to have them. Mm. We well, we end up going through IVF. Like that cost us another thirty odd grand doing that. Gosh, was the IVF successful?
1: Or you did it all, didn't work, and next minute, you're like, natural? Because that's what happened to a friend of mine the other day. Spent two years through IVF, didn't work, like, oh, we give up.
3: Next minute, ta-da, baby natural. It was almost a bit like that. Um, We had been going for like four or so years, and then this – Because you have to wait for things to line up with the female's body. The Saturn and Venus and all that. And it was – we were just about to go on holidays and they had an opening. They called us up and um, we just went to (laughs) (laughs) Mudgy, And she drove all the way back in to get planted, I guess you'd say. Um, It was just a sort of a throwaway, you know, this hasn't worked before but we've got this, everything's lining up. And it took. It was – Absolutely amazing. Mm. Like we've been trying for so long. Like we tried for so long before going through the IVF as well. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it was a bit of an emotional time thinking back on it. Totally. And the missus was pretty upset every time. I, I think I was pretty depressed and mm. down about it when it didn't work. The specialist told me that I was highly unlikely to have the kids, be Gosh. able to have kids. But we just kept trying, and because if you knew, you didn't. If you didn't. Keep trying. You knew the answer or mm. you're not going to have kids. But we got lucky. Yeah. Very thankful. Yeah.
1: Is there any advice if, you know, you could turn back time and give your 20-year-old self some advice about life or money, what would you go back and say to young Lindsay?
3: Oh, just put something away for the future. Pay yourself right. first. Like, yeah. Um, but try and think ahead a little bit of, think more ahead of your next meal. I was always eating. Mm. <laughs> that was that was my big
1: big vice, I guess. Yeah. And what are you uh, excited about now? Anything exciting you at the moment? We've talked about all the heavy stuff of interest rates and all that, but what
3: do you like being excited about all doing with the family? Just being able to spend time with them. You know, I I do think about having to go back to work more often or picking up work on the weekends just to do that, but just being able to spend time with my family. That's that was. That's been a goal for so long to be able to live it every day. day That's my excitement. No, that's awesome. Well, we've had a bit of a chat. Is there anything that you may have wanted to talk about or add or say in closing? Yeah, I guess just look after yourself. If you're going to be buying a house or getting your own home in the future, I think maybe build a house instead. Mm. It's going to affect not just your family, but generations ahead. They're going to be using that house. Mm. That's probably the message I'd like to share. might cost a bit more nowadays, but it's not that much in the long run, I think. So, would your intention be that you would hopefully always keep that Blue Mountains home? Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to rent it out, maybe with a granny flat at the back. Yeah. Build another place and keep going somewhere warmer. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, you'll have to come with Newcastle.
1: Why not? Newcastle's <laughs> got awesome. The you got the beach. You got the bush. What more do you want? That's it.
3: Anywhere warmer than here.
1: Yeah, totally. Or um, cooler in the summer. That's right. It still gets bloody hot up here. Oh, it's wild. I remember one of the hottest. I think some of the hottest times in the coldest days of my life have been in the Blue Mountains.
3: Yeah, I, it doesn't make sense. No. It really shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. Anything else? No, um, I think it's great what you're doing. I wish there was this sort of thing around even just 15 years ago. mm. Um it would have changed my life in the direction of being a bit more financially independent, knowing not to buy a VA on finance, waste money that way. Um, okay. So are we talking SS or XRA? Yeah, the SS basically. It was a Belina <sighs> yeah. model, but yeah, it it's basically SS going on. You're dead to me, I'm a Ford guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I had an EL Falcon, 97. No, it was a 98 EL when I got my P's. That was one of my first cars.
3: Well, I think they'll
1: be still playing around, wouldn't they? Oh, don't worry. I I look. <laughs> my friends always send like, you know, uh, old XR8s and all that through and I'm like, no,
3: nah, I've already got a boat. <laughs> oh, yes. How do you not? I watch a lot of YouTube videos of um, people sailing. Yeah. I see these young couples in their 30s just off go away and they're like, One couple I'm following right now, they're off the east coast of Italy. And I'm like, how do they do that? I'm like, there must be old trust
1: money or something that comes in or they've tech millionaires. or Like the money has got to come from somewhere. I've honestly thought about, and this is wild and I'm not going to do it. Um, Maybe. I'd like to, but I won't. Um, You know, selling one of my properties, spending 300 grand on a nice boat and living at a marina on the boat. Yep. I, I like mean,
3: horrendous, horrendous way to use my money, but... I don't think that's a bad way to do it. I think living different ways is a pretty adventurous.
1: Yeah, I, I would really love to do that, but I just... You know, that fear, it's like, uh and then, I don't know. I just love the idea of living on a boat, but I don't want to deploy that much capital... Into an asset that's just not really gonna, just gonna cost heaps of money, and yeah, just not yeah, just not prepared to do that. Yeah, fair enough. But then there's the other side, like YOLO. Yeah, but like for me, so you know how you're saying, like you know, getting the boy walking the pram down to the, the cafe, have my eggs, Benny, and the coffee. Just that feeling of I love this when I'm on my boat. That's my feeling. Everyone's got their thing. That might change, you know, if I have some mini glens and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's just it's my thing at the moment. Do what makes you happy. I think. Yeah. Thanks for the um the chat, Lindsay, and to everyone. Now that you've heard Lindsay's story, when you see his posts and comments in the Facebook group, got more coming. He's got oh, more coming, yeah. and. <laughs> No, it's just good. And anyone I kind of see, there's another dude, Daniel, I think he posts the bit. I'm like, jump on. We'll have a chat on the microphone and, you know, any other active people, I might tap you on the shoulder and have a chat and share your story because it's just great to learn from everyone. This has been great. Look forward to your next podcast. Thanks, mate. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll leave it right there. I'm Glenn James and this is Lindsay Whitehead
2: of Blue Mountains. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of MoneySherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.